We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, KJ Podcast, what up, my people? Sunday night, recap edition, 49ers beat the Denver Broncos 20-14. Probably the best Sunday of the football season in San Francisco. Not been a lot of highs so far. 49ers beat a decent Denver team, and they get help. The Oakland Raiders also win. And right now, the 49ers are still picking number one overall, tied with the Arizona Cardinals at 3-10. and 10. It'll depend on strength of schedule. When you can get a W, feel good, get confidence, dedicate the win to Tony York, Jed York's brother who passed away, and also still be picking number one overall, I love it. Christmas magic here. 49ers pull it off. I'm going to recap everything. George Kittle, Dante Pettis. The defense looked pretty damn good, playing with passion and energy, as Kyle Shanahan said. We'll get into a couple things that weren't so good. And then check in on the Falcons, the team that Kyle Shanahan left, and just the shambles that they're in and the impact Kyle Shanahan can have in the future with the 49ers. Blue Wire is the podcasting network I started, bluewirepods.com. We've got a bunch of audio content, proud of the team we're putting together. Type in Blue Wire in iTunes, in Spotify. Most of our lineup of shows will come up. Check out a couple other shows. I appreciate all of you. Yeah, Niners fans, I'm pumped. I'm happy to do this episode. It was mostly a good game. 49ers race out of the gates. They're up 20 to nothing. Settle for a couple field goals early on. George Kittle's exploding the whole fucking time. This guy is right up there with Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz as one of the most dynamic playmakers in the entire league. 210 yards also sets the 49ers franchise record for yards in a season by a tight end. He's heading to the Pro Bowl. No one really moves like him after the catch at tight end. 
So if you get him in space on a linebacker, he can run away from them. Just multiple big plays, none bigger than the 85-yard touchdown he scored to put the 49ers up 13-0 in the second quarter. Beautiful play design from Kyle Shanahan. Play action fake in the shotgun. Kittle snuck behind the linebackers and just outraised everyone to the end zone. None of this is surprising anymore. You almost expect him to get 100 yards every week. I mean, 200 yards is like insane, and maybe he won't replicate this again, but it's pretty clear. It's pretty set in stone. George Kittle is a star tight end in this league. If you redid the 2017 draft, he might be a top 15 pick. might be a top 10 pick. The athleticism, it flew under the radar. 49ers get him in the fifth round. He's in Kyle Shanahan's system. He's the center of the system. The game plan is get... Kittle as many reps as possible. Now the Broncos shut him down in the second half. The 49ers kind of stalled out offensively. They got a little conservative. Kyle's still got to work on that. This team ever gets a lead, they're not good at keeping leads. Broncos were able to come back. Just an incredible first half, energizing. 49ers have a dynamic playmaker that other teams want. It's been a long time since this franchise had that at a weapon position like tight end. He's breaking Vernon Davis's records right now already. Yeah, I mean, this was George Kittle. If you're a casual football fan, you really know who he is now. If you follow the sport, he burst it on the scene. Just totally incredible. Yeah, so 49ers up 20-0. The second touchdown, Dante Pettis, red zone weapon. Get him one-on-one. His release, the way he stutter steps at the line, wide open. Nick Mullins tosses him the ball. Yeah, second half got a little ugly. Jeff Wilson had 90 yards on the ground, something like that. Didn't really feel like that. It was herky-jerky in the second half. Mullins wasn't in command as much. Sacked a couple times. There were some sloppy penalties going on. But 49ers defense hung tough. They really did. Akilah Witherspoon had a pretty good game. Ronald Blair had a sack. They really didn't do anything on the ground. Philip Lindsay came into the game very heralded for what he's done this season. The 49ers were able to put the clamps on him. Case Keenum never really got in a rhythm. Some of his best plays were to Tim Patrick. Denver doesn't have the firepower offensively. They don't have the head coach. They came in here with low confidence, and they got down early, and that was it. And the 49ers defense did a good enough job. Richard Sherman got beat a couple times. He had a a bad penalty. Not his best game, but they still got the W. This is with Anton Exum at safety. How about Marcel Harris coming in today at strong safety? A couple tackles for a loss. DJ Reed could be your new nickelback. It's where he looks comfortable. K1 Williams, they might be phasing him out a little bit to get a look at DJ Reed here. 12 tackles, a couple for a loss. He was really involved. Number 32, you saw him on a blitz. A lot of clips of Robert Saul on the sideline today, too. CBS knew that was a storyline heading into this. Defense pitched a first-half shutout. Those of you who want Robert Sala fired, this was not a good game for you. Defense looked fine, especially as injured as they are. Even like Elijah Lee was making a couple plays. So they stepped up for Sala. And last week's episode of the podcast was titled Robert Sala on the Hot Seat. We talked it through with Chris Biederman last week. And it, it's going to be shocking, especially if they finish like this, if, if they make that type of decision. I, I could see another assistant coach coming in here, not a Jack Del Rio, but maybe a type of coach like that, an older one to keep an eye on it. Actually, Kyle said something very interesting post-game in his press conference. Listen very carefully when he talks about the defense. He says, when I'm able to look up. He doesn't see 
everything going on on defense in a live game because he's looking down at his game plan. He's trying to make adjustments on offense in addition to head coaching the game. So it's interesting. You know, he's, he's open and honest. It's not like, oh, my God, he's not watching the game. But yeah, you got head coaches in this league, Sean McVay, too. They're not even fully aware of what's going on on defense in a game, and they're still having success. Thought it was a good game for Eric Armstead, too. That $9 million contract option that right now they're on the hook for, they, they could release him and be free of that. They don't look as foolish for tagging Armstead with that money. He's been very good in run support. His stats don't show it, but he's having a decent year. By the way, Von Miller only had one sack. I think Nick Mullins was sacked four times. O-line did a decent thing. Let's talk about kind of some some issues in the game, some some things to point out that weren't positive. Obviously, Richie James muffed another punt. At this point, I am ready to start putting a little bit more on Dante Pettis' play. I get it. They want him to be good at receiver. He didn't make a huge splash today. Actually, Pettis did have the biggest play of the game. It was a third down. Broncos were back in at 20-14. to 14. Pettis comes down with a 31-yard catch. He was pretty much wide open. He did have some drops. He did over the middle, kind of get alligator arms when he almost got hit. He also did go out of bounds on that big 31-yard play when, hey, we're trying to run out the clock here. So he's not a flawless prospect yet, but, dude, guys get in the end zone every week. It's what he was drafted for. It's what he did at Washington. Been awesome to see him come on. I mean, this offseason, now you're counting on Pettis being a legit weapon. Uh, the not-so-good was Marquise Goodwin today. I know he's coming back from the personal stuff. They didn't really go into what all that was. He's battled a, a lot in the last couple of years. Two catches, 20 yards. He did have that fumble that was overturned by a penalty. Then he had another fumble that went out of bounds. Not sure if it's Goodwin and Dante Pettis next year together. That's not going to be enough. You're going to have to sign some other free agent or use a draft pick on someone within the first four rounds and carving out a bigger role. Like I just, I like Kendrick Bourne. It's not going to be enough to be a dynamic offense. Trent Taylor, one catch for six yards today. Was a big catch. He also did have a big drop, too. I don't think he can be counted on anymore. He might be in trouble for a roster spot next season if they bring in some more receivers. He's not the same guy after his back procedure this year. Maybe he needs a full offseason. Let's get to another main point here. Nick Mullins, this guy is your backup next season. I disagree with my buddy Biederman and Kyle Shanahan saying this is an open competition with C.J. Beathard. Nick Mullins looks a lot more efficient running Kyle Shanahan's offense. It looks a lot closer to Jimmy G than it does C.J. Beathard. It's quick. The decisions are mostly right. One of the interceptions today was off Trent Taylor's hands. 20 of 33, 332 yards, two touchdowns. There's some idiots on Twitter. I'm not going to call them out by their names, but they're saying, oh, my God, Nick Mullins threw for 330 yards. It's better than Jimmy G's. Like, oh, my God, people are freaking out. Nick Mullins. A, a lot of those yards after the catch were from Kittle and Pettis. B, someone can have success and it not be a competition here. Nick Mullins, he's not good enough to flip for a draft pick. I think he's good enough to, you want this guy on your team next year as Jimmy G's backup. We'll see with Beathard. I don't hate carrying three quarterbacks so you don't get in that position of having to sign Tom Savage or Mark Sanchez or Josh Johnson. Yeah, but it's looking like the 49ers wasted a third-round pick on C.J. Beathard because Nick Mullins is better than him. Similar situation to Joe Williams being the pick and Matt Breida 
stepping in and just being better. Once guys are on your roster, like Kyle doesn't care. Whoever's better is better, but it just shows the 49ers are, are missing on some of those picks. And, you know, we're going to say it every week. They've missed mostly on the 2017 class. They do have a superstar tight end. Akilah Witherspoon looked good enough today. If he could stack an entire December like this, I would be open to him competing for the starting job next year. If he gets burned again a couple times against the Seahawks, against the Bears, against the Rams that closes the year, you know, I'm, I'm ready to say he's, he's not going to see the field much at all. KJ Podcast, this is really like should be a George Kittle dedication for what he did. Richard Sherman glowing about him. Von Miller glowing about him. You can't really find tight ends like this. A prospect like this is normally a first or second round pick. Normally, you know, okay, wow, this guy's a really athletic specimen. So Kyle has done some right things with the personnel for sure. And you're seeing it with Kittle. How is it going to look with Jimmy Garoppolo and a full set of weapons? You are going to think top 10. This is this should have 49ers fans excited for next season with the full stable. Kittle's been able to figure out the injury issues he had last season as well. He's really become a bigger player and a faster player. And as Kyle says, consistent during the week. John Lynch says, 2.30, you know he's lifting that day. Like he is consistent on his routine and he's developed into a stud. One other big topic that relates to the 49ers is the demise of the Atlanta Falcons. It's happening before our eyes. Dan Quinn's not going to get fired because they just got extended new contracts, but it's clear their offense has no clue what it's doing now with Steve Sarkeesian. Partially, that was the wrong coaching hire. Partially, Kyle Shanahan put a blowtorch on that team. Everyone's ceiling was being reached. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, everyone was being maximized. And that was within two years. You got Matt Ryan and MVP. And now the Falcons are disintegrating. They're one of the worst teams in the NFC. They can't get a win. It goes to show you Offensive play calling matters so much in today's NFL. The 49ers theoretically have the right guy. Look what he's doing with Nick Mullins. Jeff Wilson just walked in and had 90 yards. I get it. It's not all about yards. But if you understand schemes and watch film and watch the rest of the league, you understand the 49ers are very well coached on offense. They figured out the run game this year. Dante Pettis is emerging late. They have George Kittle. This is the new theme in December for the podcast. The 49ers did not waste 2018. The record is 3-10. and 10. The value they got out of it offensively was worth it. It was not a simulated season. There's players that are going to be coming better into 2019 on offense. The, the offense looks a lot better this year. Obviously, they had Hoyer for part of the year last year. Jimmy G is going to have pressure on him next season. He's going to have to come in right away and look like a top 15 quarterback. The struggles that we thought were going to get out of his system this year, those are going to exist some, but he's going to have to overcome them because the 49ers need wins next season. And I don't think it's going to alter their approach or roster building, but you could see more veterans because the 49ers want eight or nine wins next season. They'll use some of the cap room to get there. There's only so much losing that you can take when you have to kind of change your plans and look more in the short term. And I think the 49ers, even though everything's comfortable with Jed York, they're not, he's not going to get fired, Kyle or John Lynch. I do think they are going to look at more veterans, especially on defense, for sure. But like D Ford, and people are tweeting about Demarcus Lawrence, I don't know if those teams are going to be 
letting those guys go. They're going to figure out some type of contract situation where I don't think your elite edge rusher is going to hit free agency, but there's going to be some second-tier edge rusher that you get. The 49ers can somehow get the number one overall pick. You're thinking Seattle's going to beat them next week. The Bears are very damn good playing the Rams tough now as I record this. And then closing at the Rams, who could have the division wrapped up. But L.A. last year kind of rested starters in those games and then lost in the first round. You could see Sean McVay playing Jared Goff into the third quarter, I would think. 49ers lose out, go 3-13. and Maybe the Cardinals sneak a win in there. Cardinals play the Falcons next week at Atlanta. There's a lot of quitting going on. Matt Ryan's playing terribly. There's a chance, but then Arizona has the Rams, who they'll lose to, and then at Seattle. So Arizona's got one chance kind of here. Can they beat the Falcons? The 49ers will hope for that next week. Raiders, on the other hand, will be traveling to Cincinnati. They could win that game. And then they've got the Broncos at home on Christmas Eve. Not out of the question that they beat Denver. Then finally, They're definitely going to lose to the Chiefs to close the season in Kansas City. You got a couple other 4-9 and teams right behind them, but worst-case scenario, I'm thinking the 49ers are picking number three overall. That should be good enough to get a game-changing piece on defense. Next season is far away, but it will be 8-8, and 9-7 expectations again. 10-6 and will be too much. I don't think people will be predicting that, even if it's a great offseason. 49ers... They're going to have to learn to win with Jimmy G. It's not going to be flawless next season. The NFC is so fucking good, too. No one's really going anywhere. The NFC now has Dallas, who's pretty damn good. I think the 49ers, if Jimmy G was healthy, would be right at the Panthers, Redskins level this year. Probably like disappointing in December, but have six, seven, eight, nine wins by the end of the season. It's really not hard to project this team having the success it did in December. Robert Sala had a couple bad weeks there. Looked bad against Tampa. Looks bad against Seattle. He bounced back. The defense for the first half of the year was not a problem. Really, late games, they, they collapsed against Phillip Rivers. They collapsed against Aaron Rodgers. They're a young defense. They did as much as they could. They don't get takeaways. That's a huge problem. They don't get pressure. But the defense is below average right now. It's got to creep up to above average next season to get a playoff berth. It's going to take longer than expected. Obviously, Ruben Foster, Solomon Thomas. Sol- Solly T was a little active today. I saw him out there hitting a quarterback or two in the backfield. One of his better games. We'll have to look at the film of him. But um, encouraging day all around if you're a Niners fan. They win. Kittle's a star. Pettis is a red zone freak. Mullins looks like the long-term backup. And then defense, which has been a huge pain point the last two weeks, they stepped up. It's a 16-game season. I didn't expect the defense to keep slipping. Robert Sala, his job talk has cooled down, I would say, considerably. And yeah, I mean, you hope the 49ers lose out, to be honest. Nice little win for Tony York. Condolences to Jed. His brother passed away. Very sad. I think he was 35 years old. Entrepreneur, philanthropist. Lived in Sausalito right outside San Francisco. Tough, tough day for the Yorks. Thinking of them. Niners not in a bad position heading to the offseason. There's a lot of franchises who are like, what the F are we doing? The Cardinals could be a one and done with their head coach. 
The Lions are in a terrible spot right now. The Redskins should be firing Bruce Allen. Jay Gruden probably gets to stay, but then you've got an awkward new GM with the lame duck coach. There's a lot of bad situations in the league right now. There's a lot of good ones too. Rams, Bears have turned things around quickly. Cowboys, 49ers are heading into the offseason. I think feeling in the middle. They're, they're not down about themselves. They're not feeling great. The season wasn't wasted. It wasn't lost. DeForest Buckner solidified himself as a star. George Kittle solidified himself as a star. Mike McGlinchey was the right pick. Fred Warner was the right pick. Dante Pettis looking like the right pick so far. Good things happened this season. Bad things did as well. C.J. Beathard, I don't know when he'll be back on the field again unless Nick Mullins is injured. Obviously, Reuben Foster, nothing was worse than that. Yeah, I mean, you're counting wins and losses at the end of the year. Record-wise, not good, but it's going to help with the draft pick. Actual checking of boxes of players who are legit, It's it, you're feeling good. It's been about a full season here, three games left. I've been in other scenarios with the Browns covering the Redskins and even 2016 49ers. It's not that feel. We all know this. Just reiterating it to the new listeners of the KJ pod. Stat of the game, Broncos were 2 of 15 on third down. They're very inept on offense. They're missing Emmanuel Sanders, but this has been a pretty good third down defense at home. The 49ers, without applying a lot of pressure, without having top-notch talent, you got to be feeling good about the defense. It's one game. Let's see it again next week against Seattle. They could get gashed right again, and we're saying, oh, geez. But it's going to be really weird the 49ers win a couple games in December, just like last December, and then go into the offseason. It, it would honestly suck to beat Seattle and Chicago here. It really would. To be, then be picking eight or nine and get a decent player. Do you really need a star player? You're missing that playmaker on defense that gets turnovers. That Derwin James has been for the Chargers and why they're, what are they, nine and three? Ten and three now that they're beating the Bengals? You get a certain piece on defense, all of a sudden your defense is freaking elite or good enough to get stops all the time, good enough to force turnovers. They're missing that piece. They've got to identify that piece. I'm going to do a deep dive on Josh Allen, Kentucky edge rusher, some of these other guys right in January. Still a little too early now, but get familiar with those names. Start watching some YouTube tape. Look at their highlights, see what their ceiling is, and then Look at the film and see what their weaknesses are. Yeah, my 49ers would have Harold Landry right now instead of Dante Pettis. And I don't know if that's automatically a better pick. So, you know, 49ers getting bailed out here by their wide receiver. Their 2018 class, let's see Kentavious Street next year. But Marcel Harris, if he has a Adrian Colbert-like end to the season, there's going to be buzz about him next year competing with Tart. I would like that. I would like for him to compete with Tart anyway. Get Marcel Harris as many snaps as possible here. If Tart's ready next week, I'm I'm about to say, bro, I don't know if you're starting because Marcel Harris played that good, and we just can't count on you. And we're looking for reliable people. We got to run with this guy. If he starts messing up, we'll throw you back in there. But I'm totally cool benching Jaquaski Tart as soon as he's back from. I don't even know what injury it is this time. I feel bad for him, too. He's a hard hitter. He's putting his body on the line. It just, if you're injury prone, that's 
it's kind of, it is what it is, man. Like, it sucks. Like, I feel bad for you, but facts are the facts. You're not on the football field enough for us to count on you. That's what John Lynch and Kyle should be thinking. Yeah, but I mean, not too much to nitpick here. This team dominated offensively, went up 20 to nothing. Broncos, their record should be worse than this, but they have beaten the Steelers and Chargers. They do have some quality wins. They got bullied by the 49ers. They must feel like shit flying back to Denver. Von Miller, having an edge rusher doesn't automatically mean success all the time. He had one sack. That defense got worked today by Nick Mullins. Second half was a different story, but it was too late. It'll be interesting to see Kyle answer questions this week, what happened in the second half. Post-game, he kind of said, you know, same challenges as every week, trying to get on the same page, trying to find the right coverage, trying to find the right da-da-da. But as he watches film, there's been a couple instances this year the 49ers got up. I remember against the Cardinals, remember against the Packers, and they couldn't close the game. How funny is it they gave the Broncos four seconds left on the clock, couldn't even figure out the kneel out right. That's on Nick Mullins. Kyle dropping more F-bombs. All in all, for a 3-10 season, like we should be depressed with like gray hair and like limping to the finish line. It doesn't feel like that because of all the injuries. You saw Jimmy G being all chummy on the sidelines early in the game with John Elway and John Lynch. Next season, it's going to be better. The 49ers are going to be in the hunt in December. They might miss the playoffs next year, too. That would suck in year three to still not make the playoffs. But I'm all in. Trust the Shannon plan. This guy will dice up a defense. He's going to get the right pieces in. He's going to trust his call on Robert Sala here, and I think continue to let this guy be D coordinator. How much does he trust John Lynch and Adam Peters? Is he ready to bring in someone else from the outside into that front office? That'll be a storyline to monitor as we go into January. Merry Christmas, KJ Podcast. We're, we're going to have a new George Kittle shirt out Monday. Look for that. Kittle Monster was his game, his day, his breakout moment in a Pro Bowl season. 49ers did the little things right. Nick Mullins is going to start the rest of the season, which means he'll now have eight starts, as many as Jimmy Garoppolo has with the 49ers it's still less than cj better what he has just a great day for niners fans you remain in position for the number one overall pick and get a w and it's against john elway who john lynch learned from whose roster denver's is not that good so maybe let's not copy denver anymore they're lucky they have philip Lindsay. they they do not have very much on offense Cortland sutton but as I tweeted earlier in the week, they could have Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins, I think, be in a much better position, a much more competitive team. Don't know if Kyle would have brought in Sala there. He might have left everything the same. Who knows? Broncos, I think, should fire Vance Joseph. Not that a loss to the 49ers is this embarrassing, but they're not headed in the right direction. It's very clear watching them. 49ers able to take advantage. Their third win of the year. They beat the Lions in week two. They beat the Raiders, I believe it was week nine, and now they beat the Broncos. Their third home win of the season. They'll have Seahawks next, Bears next, both at home, then at LA. All right, KJ Podcast, we're going to talk to you again in the middle of the week. I'm sure there'll be some news, notes, analysis to dive into. Share this podcast with other 49ers fans. Hope you enjoyed it. Not too many hot takes this week, not too much um, to really overanalyze it 
was just a great Sunday. They won, and the number one overall pick is still in play. Obviously, right now, that would be Nick Bosa. It would be a game-changer on defense. It would be the equivalent of getting a franchise quarterback on offense. No, but pretty damn close. Like, the second most important piece possibly on the football team could be secured if the 49ers lose out and have the Raiders win a game, the Cardinals win a game. So we are all huge Arizona and Oakland fans to end the season. Hope everyone's buying some Christmas gifts. We'll have some type of Christmas promotion for our our Blue Wire store and check out the George Kittle shirts later. All right, we'll talk to you again in the middle of the week. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.